It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we jump into all of the good stuff with this series sweep and the Padres crossover with Javi Reyes, I wanted to let you know you should check out the Lockdown MLB podcast after today's Lockdown Reds. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, gives you a great look daily at the league. So check him out. The Lockdown MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Woo! Holy crap. The Reds are good. At least for the last six games, six in a row, they've swept the Rockies, they've swept the Brewers, and they are going into San Diego with the highest of good vibes that I've ever seen. Okay, at least so far this season. Welcome in. To the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We are talking about this just for a brief moment because we have a packed show to get to a crossover with the host of the Lockdown Padres podcast, Javier Reyes, will join me here momentarily. We've got to talk about this win, though, and there's no better way to do it than to start with the man who probably has provided us one of the best moments, if not the best moment so far this season. I, I was excited. Um, I was excited because Tucker called that. Um, we had our little, we, you know, before we went on deck and eventually took the batter's box, went into the batter's box, we um, we had a little chat and he was like, you get on base, I'm going to drive you in. And notice he didn't say which base. He didn't say, hey, get to second, get to third, something like that. Joey hits a two-out single. If you didn't watch it, if you missed it because it was during the day and you were at work or something was going on and you didn't get a chance to see it, Joey Votto's on first base. Tucker Barnhart hits a double down the left field line into the corner. And Joey, from the moment, from the word go, is looking home. There's no shot he's stopping at third base, and he is hustling. He is bustling. You know, Joey, he's not exactly the fastest dude, and the best part was Jim Day had a question asking him about the feeling of scoring from first, and uh, Joey's response is just absolutely classic Joey. Were you more excited about the go-ahead run, the fact that you did score from first, or that he called wait, wait, it, or is, all the above? You did. What is that? Is that a shot? <laughs> that was a semi-shot. That was just not the most fleet of foot, but your, you know, it was the fastest sprint speed you had going home. Just make it better either. Say that again. It was the fastest sprint speed of you going home. Oh, really? What was the? Home. What was my speed? Uh, I don't know the exact number. I would have to look it up. All right. Text it, text it to me if you don't mind. And then you're about to find out you've been blocked. So <laughs> too bad, buddy. <laughs> you just, I, I mean, you got to love Joey. That was one of the best days, like the best feeling as a Reds fan so far this season because it was absolutely awesome. This was the base running game. And it was even for the Brewers because early on in the game, the Brewers took a one nothing lead because Daniel Vogelbach scored from second on a single. He just happened to be reading the situation and the third base coach and him, they were all in sync because the Reds were a little lackadaisical getting to the ball and Daniel Vogelbach scores from first. And then an inning later, 
or he scored from second. And then in any later, Nick Castellanos scores from first, and then Joey Votto scores the go ahead and eventual game winning run from first. It was just phenomenal. A, a great game because Tyler Malley, 12 strikeouts in six innings, and then the bullpen comes in. Brad Brock, man, he is he's really coming on as far as a reliever goes because he has another great seventh inning that really just it, – it's nice to have that inning between the starter and the late inning relievers. And I know we don't have a bona fide – uh, closer, and that's by design. David Bell likes a bullpen by committee situation, but it's nice to have the first bullpen guy come in and not go crazy and blowing the lead and giving up a ton of base runners and all that stuff. Brad Brock has kept him clean the last couple of nights. And then Lucas Sims, friend of the podcast, shuts the door, four out save, every single out was a strikeout. That was a Rodas Chapman on a good day. That was Rysel Iglesias on a good day. Why aren't we celebrating Lucas Sims more? Because that was an amazing save and an amazing performance to help this team secure the bag, get out of Milwaukee with the save, and head to San Diego just riding high on some good vibes. Hopefully, they can continue that success. But now, we're going to turn it over to the preview crossover with Javi. We're going to talk about this Padre series coming up. Got a lot for you today. This is an extra special, a little bit more of a longer podcast because of the crossover, but it's got all kind of good stuff in it, so you're going to enjoy it. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for the best way to grow your money, I got a great idea for you. It's called Wealthfront. Wealthfront will create a diversified portfolio of low-cost index funds and monitor it all for you. You don't have to do a thing. You don't have to monitor stocks. You don't have to buy and sell manually. You don't have to worry about that. You just get in with Wealthfront and they take care of you. You start out with $500 to open up your account. And if you go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB, they will manage the first $5,000 for you for free for life. Wealthfront has been entrusted with over $20 billion of assets, and they can help you grow yours as well. Check out Wealthfront today at wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get that special offer of the first 5,000 managed for free. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your money today. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, it's been a meeting that I've been waiting to have for a long time now. They say he's the only one with as much delirious 
energy as I have on the Lockdown Network, or at least on the Lockdown MLB Network of things, uh, especially recently given our teams and all that stuff. I am very excited to be being joined by Mr. Jeff Carr of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Sir, how are you? Javi, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I, you kind of got to be delirious a little bit with this mm-hmm. team. I mean, as long as I've been alive, uh, 1995, they did pretty good. I was a baby in diapers whenever they won the World Series in 1990. And other than that, they've literally just appeared in the playoffs. They haven't even won a series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like if, if you got to be optimistic, you got to go a little bit past reality. Yeah, I think both of our teams don't have like – the greatest, I don't know, franchise history. Not necessarily, no. I don't think we have <laughs> yeah. all that much. We both got our Hall of Fame players and stuff. You've got um, the the second baseman that I'm blanking on the name right now, I think. But Joe Morgan. Yeah, there we go. Joe Morgan. Thank you. And then we've got, you know, Tony Gwynn and all that stuff. But for the most part, very sad. And hey, I only started seriously following the team a few years ago, like 2015, 2014. And even if I wasn't following them before then, it's not like they had a great history. This is the best Padres team that they've had in like 20 years, uh, pretty much oh, yeah. since like 98, 96, when they ran into the the Yankees buzzsaw, unfortunately, in the World Series. But otherwise, it's it's yeah, yeah, just what you said. It's not exactly a whole lot of uh, memories to go with, I guess. Well, and and I'll be a little, I'll correct a little bit because the history before I was born was true, amazing, true. like the seventies and forties. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those like you know big red machine. Like that's the one thing. And good point. Good it's, point. It's like cool, but also at the same time it's kind of annoying because whenever you're talking about a good team nowadays, they're like, yeah, but the big red machine. I'm like, guys. You really can't compare a lot of things to the Big Red Machine because that's like comparing them to the best of all time. Like if the Yankees compared every single team to Murderer's Row, I think they would lose their minds. Mm -hmm. That's why I I think they've lost their minds in other ways, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. So, so, but when I look at the Reds, like, yeah, my my lifetime has been kind of bleak, but I'm a little bit jealous of the folks who are of a certain age who are able to watch some of that good stuff. But yeah, like the Padres, man, this, this year's team, I mean, I love Fernando Tatis. Mm. I'm one that likes Manny Machado. I think a lot of people say that you're not supposed to like Manny <laughs> Machado, but I do. So, yeah, no, I, I'm very much looking forward to watching that. And then in a couple of weeks, whenever they come to Great American Ballpark, I'm going to be all over that. But, uh, yeah, let, let, let's talk about this series because I know, you know, little inside baseball, we're recording this before the last game of each of our team series right now. I know that the Rockies are getting their voodoo magic on at Coors Field Mm -hmm. against the Padres and the Reds are taking care of business in Milwaukee. So what do we know about this Padres side? Okay, so. Where do I begin, sir? All right. So, well, first of all, also just to let's start. Let's start with Manny Machado because we did just mention him. First of all, I will say, yes, I'm obviously I'm pro Manny Machado. And that's not just because I'm the host of this podcast. I've said many times he deserves some of the criticism of being a dirty player. He does deserve that because, you know, he had the Jesus Aguilar stepping on his foot in the World Series. The Dustin Pedroia slide, I think, is over. Um, over-exaggerated by Boston fans who are known to be very calm about everything. Um, (laughs) And I think that the thing that gets me upset, you guys could ask my mom, you could call her, whatever. (laughs) I lose my mind when people continue bringing up the no hustle thing. I'm watching the Mets game Mm -hmm. the other day. I think it was the Sunday game. And he hits a just absolute, not blast, but like a sharp grounder to the second baseman. I think it was the shortstop to Lindor. Great fielder, by the way, on top of that. It was a sharp hit 
no chance of being able to make it first. He's also not fast. And the first thing these knuckleheads bring up is, oh, look at him not running hard to first. May Machado again. I'm like, okay, guess what? I don't care. He plays every game. He's always there. Manny, if it's a sharp, scorching hot grab to the shortstop, especially one of Lidore's caliber, I'm not going to freak out if he's not, you know, using one for all in My Hero Academia to run to first base and lose his whole, like, lose all of his limbs. It's like, I actually just like that he's available every year. Sue me. But I will say uh, he hasn't been as productive this year. <laughs> not to uh, to kind of bring that up. Uh, he's been a little bit of the, he's been disappointing. I think a lot of people, you know, he coming off of last season was a front runner for the MVP award. Obviously ended up going to Freddie Freeman, but he was a top three guy along with Mookie Betts. And he just hasn't been, every time you think that it's coming back, it isn't quite there. And I don't think that, the, the, the weird part about this is I haven't seen any numbers or any signs that he's falling off. You know what I mean? It's not like his hard hit rate is down. It's not like he's striking out all the time. I compared him to Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, when Troy Tulowitzki got traded to the Blue Jays, there were actually some signs that this was the end, aside from just leaving Coors Field. Uh, there's actually some signs that he was uh, maybe not the same Tulo guy anymore. With May Machado, it's still up there. Go check out his StatCast page. It's still really good stuff. He's not swinging out too much stuff out of the zone. He's just not quite getting there. Babip is a little bit low for him. Uh, and it's reminding me of his season 2017, when he started off really, really slow in the first half by having the lowest Babip I've ever seen for a star player. It was like one. It was like 182. Uh, nobody quote me on that for the first half of his 2017 <laughs> season. It was insane, right? Um, but I will say that there are other guys in the Padres offense that are performing poorly and there are actual reasons to be concerned. Eric Cosmer decided that he doesn't like being good at baseball anymore. Wait, no, that's, that's, that's the wrong way to phrase it. He decided that he doesn't want to improve his game anymore as he did in 2020, (laughs) where he actually started lifting the ball more. No, instead he's hitting everything on the ground up by more than 10% this year. And then you've got Will Myers who you could argue was never really good. Uh, but even still, I was hoping that he'd be better. And last year, he was awesome, really hitting off-speed stuff. And this year, throw it low and outside of the plate. Congratulations, you just struck out Will Myers. So it's, I guess, from the offensive side of things, just that's the main breakdowns. It's been it's been really rough for the Padres, and I don't think a lot of people have totally mentioned it. Uh, it it's been a little bit of fortune to watch, I must say. That's one thing, too, talking about Manny Machado and, and people harping on Hustley. I mean, Hell hath no fury like a baseball fan that is uh, mad about a player's hustle. Because if they see it once, they will say it all the time. I mean, there's been different players throughout the Reds history that they've said about that. And it's just, it's totally a non-factual argument that you really can't, you know, stop somebody from. It's not like, no, you're wrong. It's like, no, it's completely Mm -hmm. subjective. Mm -hmm. So if one person is an idiot and one person actually watches the game, and the idiot's the one making the argument, there's no way you can end that argument. It's, yeah. it's a goofball thing. I, that's one thing, too, because I've heard this before, um, especially these last uh, couple of years, not last year in particular because the Reds made the playoffs, but the years before that when they were bad, there were always these games where people would come away with the conclusion of, well, they just don't care. They just don't want to win. They don't, they don't care. I hate that argument mm-hmm. because there's, there's nothing to that. I mean, How do you get here like, in the uh, first place? You care, you know? Right. You're a professional baseball player. You care. So, I mean, sure, there's some guys who have shown lack of enthusiasm. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. Hey, we need you to lose weight. Comes into training camp 20 pounds heavier. Maybe there's something to that every now and then with players. Just not necessarily. They they kind of pig out and then they just they're like, oh, I'm not going full on into this. But I, you, absolutely. It's very subjective. He was the first guy I thought of because coming into training <laughs> camp this season, he was the first guy that I thought of whenever the stories were that a. Eugenio Suarez was coming in 15 pounds lighter. And, and the, people ask him, they said, so what's your secret? He's like, well, I stopped eating so many fried Venezuelan foods. I stopped drinking <laughs> beer and all this other stuff. I'm like, it's like the so Larry Pablo. Bird comment from the 90s or whatever when he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I stopped drinking beer on my ranch and hanging out with my friends every single day. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that helps. <laughs> I thought of two things. I thought of Pablo Sandoval, and then I thought of Andy off of Parks and Rec whenever he's like, yeah, just stop drinking beer for like a month. And you're like, how much beer were you drinking? Yeah, exactly. Probably too much. But yeah, no, Suarez actually kind of reminds me, like looking at some things with Machado, Machado's looked a lot better on his peripherals than Suarez, but Suarez has started to tick up. If you look at his batting average, most people look at that and they say, oh, he sucks. He's had a rough start to the year for sure, mm -hmm. but he's looked a little bit better as of late. But the lineup, everything goes through the two guys who are leading the outfield votes, well, right behind Ronald Acuna, in Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. As they go, so goes the lineup now. Joey Votto has come off the injured list here recently and turn back the clock a little bit. He's been hitting dingers. And yes, Joey Votto still bangs. And then Aristides Aquino's first game off the injured list, he hit a laser shot of a home run at American Family, don't call me Miller Park Field. And so it was amazing to see these guys getting going because the lineup itself has been pretty solid. That's been the strength of this Reds team, mm -hmm. which is a complete flip-flop from 2020, mm -hmm. which whatever 60 games it's really hard to know anything about those 60 games but they hit 212 as a team last year this year they're like leading everything in offense but they've had some trouble pitching the nice thing is here recently the bullpen has gotten right in their five game win streak they've pitched 15 and a third innings and given up like only a couple of runs and only five walks to 27 strikeouts which is a huge departure from what we've seen because there for a little while I was just like all right Reds are making call to the bullpen. Here comes the obligatory walk, and then we can get this game continued. And th that hasn't happened here recently, so that's been nice to see. And Luis Castillo is back. But I think uh, with that start, I don't know. I think he might be slated for Sunday, but the Padres might miss uh, La Piedra in this series. But I I'm looking forward to this series as a whole because there's going to be Wade Miley, there's uh, Sonny Gray's on the injured list, so it's not going to be him, but there's going to be the rookie Tony Santian. It's either Santian or Santian. I, I can never remember. It's I've heard it both ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think also the rookie Vladimir Gutierrez as well will make a start in this series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch when it comes to these. So who would you say who, – who's been the biggest catalyst, the biggest X factor for the Padres here in the last 30 games or so? Mm -hmm. And just to confirm, yes, the first game between our two teams is Wade Miley versus Joe Musgrove. Who would have thought that Wade Miley's former ERA Pirate. would not be, uh, yeah, for a Padre, and also would it be too far <laughs> off from Joe Musgrove's? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah I, I, how did you, quick thing before I answer the, how did you feel when people were kind of using the, all right, this has gotten out of hand? When, with the no hitters when Wade Miley got it. Cause that felt like the guy that everyone was like, all right, enough, at least Musgrove, he's got this, and that, <laughs> and, then, and then Carlos Rodon and, and then Wade Miley, they were like, no people kind of, how did that feel? <laughs> I guess the discourse afterwards. 
It's it's on brand. I mean, dude was getting disrespected this offseason by Reds fans. Reds fans were just like, we don't want this guy anymore. He sucks. We saw what he did in 2020, and that means that what he did in 2020 is what he's going to be in 2021. And then Wade Miley was like, hold up, kid. I got this. And, and it's hilarious, too. You're, you're going to notice this. If you haven't got a chance to watch any of Wade Miley's starts, uh, as so long as he lasts a long time in this game – it's going to be quick. The dude does not like to mess around. Like he gets up on the mound. There was specifically, there was a game in San Francisco where he had a, there was nobody on. He struck out a dude and the ball went behind the catcher and, and uh, Tucker just didn't go grab it. Cause he's like, whatever, it's a strikeout. We're moving on. So the bat boy came out to grab the ball. And while he is in the picture, in the back, picking up the ball, Wade Miley is in his windup going like mm-hmm. he is not waiting for nothing. He, he pitches quick. Yeah, I mean, I love pitchers who pitch fast. That guy, Kim, on the Cardinals. I love it. I wish more pitchers would, would uh, play like that. I get that there's everyone has their different routine and stuff, but it is definitely makes the game a lot more exciting in a lot of ways. You just have to be locked in on the TV. You're like, all right, here we go. Here's the next one. And I also right. must say that Wade Miley's player photo is hilarious. He looks, like, deranged. He looks like he just ate, like seven apple pies and he's just ready to go <laughs> he's like oh, dude, he's oh yeah he's like he's like crazy right um so i'm looking forward to that in terms of x factor the circle back to the original question i think the biggest x factor for the padres right now is trent grisham and you know i could have just gotten the cliche answer and said tatis but everyone knows about tatis Honestly, these days, I'm just like, if you're against him, then then miss me with that, man. Like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just can't. I, I don't know what you're watching if, if you're against right. Tatis. But with Trent Grisham, he's been in and out of the lineup this year. He started off the season hurt. Then he got hurt again after like a week or what have you. And he only just came back to the lineup uh, for the Mets series. So, and a lot of people don't necessarily talk about him. Great defensive player, won a gold glove last year. He, amazing on base skills. He's got a pretty good eye at the plate. Yes, he strikes out and some weird stuff every now and then although every now and then i'm like man he's just getting a little unlucky like can someone give him a break i know that was like kind of on the plate but still come on but um and despite his a little bit weird uh swing the two-handed swing that he has he's been awesome he's been slugging it uh more this year uh he's been arguably the only thing i was right about when it comes to this padres team heading into the season which is that uh i mean i don't know if this is gonna happen but top 10 and mvp voting for outfielders it could happen you never know uh it could happen but uh, I would definitely call him the X factor that not a lot of people are necessarily talking about. Otherwise, it's kind of straightforward. This is a series about pitching versus hitting. The Padres, just to break down, because I was just looking at it, because you know me, I've already bringing up the numbers and stuff, even though I'm <laughs> not a big numbers guy all the time, which is very odd that I've just decided that this morning, uh, this godforsaken morning. Um, batting average, the Padres are 22nd, while the Reds are 6th. On base percentage, the Padres are 13th, which isn't terrible, while the Reds are 4th. Runs... The Padres are 13th while the Reds are 6th. And home runs, which is, I don't think a lot of people would expect this. The Padres are 20th in baseball. And then the Reds are 5th slugging percentage, 26th in the league. And then the Reds is 4th. So that kind of illustrates it. And then earn run average and then batting average against is just all in the Padres' favor. They're 1st in all of those. Uh, whip, they're 4th. So just as, as a break, that really is hitting versus pitching right now, uh, which is nuts. And I think that should make for a fun series. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's very... Everyone's wondering what are the Padres going to do at the deadline, right? And I know that your team is an interesting spot. I, at one point, just because I like talking myself into 
uh, every single person that's available. Uh, and I was like, oh, is Luis Castillo available? He's not doing well. The Reds, <laughs> the Reds will give him up. And then I like waited for a minute. Then I thought about it. I'm like, well, they still have him under club control. It doesn't cost a lot. And he's young. And they're two games above five. Yeah, they're not training Luis Castillo. So <laughs> I like had to talk myself out of it and all that stuff. But I'm wondering, what, where do you think the Reds are right now? What do you think is, first of all, to repeat your question, what is their X factor do you think that people aren't talking about? Uh, please say Jonathan India because that was my rookie of the year pick. Um, and then <laughs> um, just talk about like where are the Reds in terms of the future of this season? Because like you said, last year it was not having any offense. This year it's the pitching has been a little bit of a mess. So where are the Reds coming up towards this? Uh, trade deadline and whatnot he's gonna find out that he was kind of reading my mind about the x-factor thing which is sort of weird but we're gonna get into that here in just a minute before we do though i wanted to let you know that we still have this amazing introductory deal at betonline.ag if you set up your profile today you can type in the promo code locked on and get 50 percent added onto your initial deposit bet online is the only sportsbook online that i trust it is the best way to bet on Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, whether it be some kind of combat sport like MMA or boxing, they've got it all. They even get into like reality TV and stuff like that. If you like that sort of thing, check them out today at betonline.ag. From time to time, I'll even give you tips. Last night, I gave you the tip of the uh, Justice Sheffield-led Seattle Mariners, and that was a little bit of a uh, bad pick, but hey. Most of the time, I'm pretty good at picking these things, so check in from time to time at betonline.ag. Set up your profile and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit and join me on my favorite sportsbook and the only one that I trust. That's betonline.ag and set up your profile with the promo code Locked On. And if you're looking for a part for your car, the best place to check that out is rockauto.com because they've got every single part for your car, and when you order it, they'll deliver it right to your door. Plus, they've got reliably low prices that are the same whether you are the tried-and-true veteran mechanic or you're an amateur that's just trying to replace a taillight. Check them out today at rockauto.com, and when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know. That's your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in Locked On. Rock Auto has been doing this. They're family owned and they've been doing it for over 20 years. So you can trust them to find the exact right part for your car. Whether you're restoring a classic car or just trying to fix your daily driver, go to rockauto.com. And in this checkout section, type in Locked on in the How'd You Hear About Us area. That's rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. Dad, gummit, you read my mind. Now I'm thinking of a different X Factor. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. It's Jonathan India. He has been phenomenal. And ever since getting put into the leadoff spot, he has looked every bit mm. the part, regardless of being a rookie or not. Like he had that really hot first month that everybody was looking at and saying, okay, his Babbitt was super high. He was yep. getting very lucky. And then pitchers got the scouting report, and he kind of struggled for a few weeks there. But like a really smart hitter does, he made an adjustment, and he did it quick. And he's already kind of got that second wind in his rookie season. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll figure out as the season progresses. But it's interesting to note, too, he started the year 
with the Pirates of the Caribbean as his walk-up song. Mm -hmm. And then whenever Pitchers got the uh, scouting report on him, he changed it. So maybe the song has some, I I don't know. But he has looked phenomenal. He had a three-hit day the other day from the leadoff spot, two singles and a double and a walk. And the Reds ended up scoring 10 runs that game. I think there's a correlation. So I like him as the X factor for the Reds lineup because we all know that it's Winker and Castellanos and every pitcher has to account for those guys, which I'm really looking forward to seeing the different pitching match. I know that the Reds are going to miss Blake Snell because he's pitching tonight. And I know that he hasn't had the Blake Snelliest of years yet, but that's I'm sure that's coming. So to see him against Musgrove and some of those other guys, I'm I'm very excited to see that. But overall, Jonathan India has been an amazing catalyst when he's been on. So far as where the Reds are is interesting because there is the objective side that says they are above 500. They have weaknesses that they could fill with some trades, namely the bullpen. If they go out and they get a bona fide arm, then you feel a lot better about this team. Or if they want to go trade for Trevor Story or another bona fide shortstop, that'd be kind of cool too. But there's also the ownership side of things, which all we've heard ever since the beginning of this calendar year is how the finances, there was a direct quote from one of the guys in the ownership group that says our finances are a train wreck and every single person does not even need to read between the lines to know that the Reds are trying to tell us that they're not going to do anything. Really hope that that's not the case at the deadline. Maybe that's more of a don't expect the $160 million that we spent over the last couple of off seasons to be spent this year. And I hope that they can just go get, I mean, I've been trying to talk myself into like, okay, who is on an expiring contract? Who's a vet? Who's a guy that's not going to cost that much? Because basically anytime someone who has the ability to make a financial decision has been asked about how good they think the team is, they begin the answer by talking about the budget and the financial situation. And every single Reds fan has their eyes roll back into their head because that's not any part of the answer that we were looking for. So as much as I want them to be a buyer, there is the special asterisk contingent for this Reds ownership group of will they actually buy? Because I think right now they're in the driver's seat so far as buyers are concerned. But the unanswerable question of who signs the checks and will they do more? Wow. That was well said, sir. That was well said. Very dramatic at the end there, too. <laughs> um, Had to bring it home, you know. Hey, it's rough. It's, you know, it, I've always felt bad because, you know, the low, the, you know, big market Padres just always taking players from people and whatnot. Just historically speaking, they're always signing free agents, always bringing in superstars. Um, of course, I'm being uh, facetious, everybody. It's just kind of like <laughs> it sucks because whenever I talk to, say, Jason Burke of Locked On A's where it's like, you know, these teams that do well, that people bring up the Rays and they're like, wow, Kevin Cash just knows what he's doing. And I always like, I agree. I agree. But could you imagine if they just were like, let's get one free agent, just one. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. just spend one time just to have for. And, and it sucks because especially teams like the, the A's who are, you know, 
they have money. Like this isn't some poor just started up from, you know, the 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 suburbs of, you know, Green Bay or something like that. Like this is this is a team with a big history. It has Hall of Fame players on it. A lot of people I know people who wear A's gear just to wear it and they like it because it's just there's something about the A's, right? So that's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate to see that, especially with the team competing right now, that they it might come down to an issue of finances. Will they trade for uh Max Scherzer or something like that, right? Like who knows because uh, Max Scherzer is getting paid a decent amount of money. So who knows, even though it would only be for this year, which is crazy. Um, I am wondering, though, another thing about about the the Reds. And like you said, I'm gr- very glad that you uh, made me look a little bit smarter with the Jonathan India thing. For full, <laughs> and to now make myself not look smart, I only picked him because I was like, nobody's talking about him, but he's a rookie. And I just did that because last year, Jake Cronenworth, no one was talking about him either. So my thing was, nah. This guy, Dylan Carlson, too obvious. I didn't want to go with it. Now it looks like it's probably going to be Trevor Rogers at this point early on in the year for the Miami Marlins. But uh, still, you never know. I just looked up Jonathan India, 379 on base. He's been really, really good. So shouts to that dude. Um, Last question I want to ask you just in terms about the team, though, itself. Eugenio Suarez, is there – because very good player. I I would say the Reds are masters of having, like – the best players in baseball that nobody actually knows about necessarily not to be beat. The A's yeah. just talked about them. They're very similar too with Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Um, is, is Suarez, uh, is he doing all right? You know, is he, is he, is he going to get better or is this kind of like, do you think that there's actual signs of some decline on his part? I think he's going to get better. It's, it's interesting because I think it was last Friday. He cut his finger, his index finger on his left hand cooking. And ever since then, he's actually seen a renaissance at the plate. He's hit a couple of homers. He's had a bunch of hits. That's awesome. Such and, a weird team. <laughs> and, and it's so weird, like, because the way that he holds his bat now, he has his index finger out. So it looks like mm-hmm. he's got, like, this weird batting grip. And I'm just glad that he hasn't had a pitch in on the hands because I feel like he's, like, holding it out there to get hit harder. Mm-hmm. But he has smoothed out his swing. He was like really choppy, really like you could tell he was absolutely over keyed up every time he got into the batter's box early on this season. Cause he looked at his batting average. He's like, I'm batting a buck 50. What? Mm-hmm. I got to hit like nine hits in this at bat right now and get my batting average up. Mm-hmm. And well, number one, you're not going to do that. Cause you only get one hit per at bat. If you get a hit <laughs> and, um, Number two, he just he pressed so hard. And now it's like it's forced him physically to smoothen out and slow down his swing. And he's gotten a lot better contact, a lot better quality of hits. He had a hit last night as well. So I I look at him as a guy who could very much be an X factor for the rest of the season because with the decline, as much as I hate to say it, because he's been going through it for a few years with the decline of Joey Votto, the face of the franchise has become Eugenio Suarez and to see him batting a buck 60 just hurts my heart and I think that he's eventually going to get back to that level that we like and and kind of and I love Suarez and like going back to what you were talking about though with like the A's and different teams like that mm-hmm. I just want to say for a minute I'm jealous man because <laughs> the Padres looked at the market this last offseason and said all right they're not spending they're not spending they're okay you know what we're gonna do we're gonna spend and I love that. I, I, I was so happy to see that, that there were at least some teams and it wasn't the Yankees or the Dodgers, which, of course, they spent too. But it wasn't the usual suspects who just benefit from having an overly ginormous size market. 
it was the Padres. They were going for it and the White Sox and things like that. And I was happy to see that that was going on. So, yeah, I'm a little bit jealous there because I, I think that the the pods are going to be in this. I know that they're sitting in third right now, but I think the Giants are due for regression. So I, I definitely still think it's going to be Dodgers, Padres, one, two. Mm. Hey, I hope so, because the Giants look good. <laughs> you know, at the time of this recording last night, Mike Yastrzemski hitting a grand slam, clutch grand slam to give him a lead because <laughs> the Diamondbacks were like, I got an idea. Let's just be the the 76ers. Let's oh, be the, the, the Charlotte. Let's be the Charlotte Bobcats. Like, let's just lose every single game ever. Uh, oh, man, the D-backs. <laughs> oh, shut up, Miller. They Thomas, have, he's, he's dying over oh, there. Oh, Miller. That boy, Dude, that boy it, is starving. <laughs> and what's hilarious is Millard has every single bragging right over me for the rest of the year. The mm-hmm. Reds have played the Diamondbacks six times, and they've lost five. The <laughs> Diamondbacks have 20 wins, and a quarter of them have come against the Reds. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so sad. I don't get it. That's it's absolutely baseball, man. sad, man. It. Hey, it happens, I guess. <laughs> um, Jeff, do you have any final questions for me or things you'd like to talk about? Any plugs? You can always plug, of course, on the podcast. Love it when people <laughs> plug whatever it is they're doing. Uh, go for it and tell people yeah. what you're about now i appreciate uh getting the chance to talk with you javi i know it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. uh you can definitely follow me on uh, twitter for any weird reds takes or if you like star wars i like to tweet about star wars mm-hmm. and stuff and at confirm. jeff Carr with three f's uh when i when i think about questions for the padres are what are their what are they looking at in the trade deadline yeah, are man. they looking to just stand and pat are they happy are they waiting for some injuries to come back or are they going to go after this thing look I, I as we speak i'm writing up i've been looking around thinking of trade targets and it almost seems like a cop-out answer but the Padres really are in a little bit weirder of a spot than than i than you would think for a contending team right especially for a team that at least has some stuff to give away but you you look at it where it's like myers he's getting paid a lot how much are people going to want to take him back potentially in a deal if that were to happen it starts to you know the way he's produced this year makes you start to wonder should they have sold high on him uh this past offseason and i don't know they might be right eric hosmer nobody's taking him sorry guys we're stuck with the guy i don't know what to tell you he's not a good defensive first baseman and he hits everything on the ground now and seems almost happy about it sometimes he gets back he's like he's like hey not happy that he's out but he's like i really got i I got a good barrel on that one i'm like we know we know you hit the ball hard it's not that it's just that you hit it always on the ground like i appreciate the contact and stuff but like hit it up but just a little bit i mean and it's also eye test stuff too when he's hitting well you can tell it's not just like he's having this weird luck thing you can tell the swing he's just just chopping it down every time i swear um but also, guys, that exit velocity was 109. Yeah, it was a double play, Eric. <laughs> Come on, Eric. We need you, man. Uh, and it's really, it's really sucked because his launch angle last year was like 8.7. This year it's 2.1. So it's just like, oh. ah, right. We thought we were getting a transformation. Old dogs learn new tricks, but that hasn't happened. Um, so it's really hard to say exactly where the Padres are. And when you think about starting pitching, I'm just having trouble believing that Blake Snell is going to be this bad like you're telling me he's got a 4.79 era 4.97 whatever it is right now and then that's gonna stick you're telling me that wade miley will be better than him this year you're telling me (laughs) that (laughs) you're telling me that dylan bundy that that's the tier he's on (laughs) look i could accept defeat and be like maybe he's not going to be this ace pitcher but at least give me like a 3.6 ERA. You know what I mean? At least give me something like <laughs> yeah. that and show me some good strikeout stuff, which he still has. So that's a little bit hard to believe. They've still got to Nelson Lament, who's slowly working his way back. First time I've seen a team kind of instead of 
going the route of just putting him on the IL where like, we're just going to pitch you two innings at a time, go with the six man rotation type of thing. Then you've got Ryan Weathers, who's been a breakout for them. And then you've got Joe Musgrove, who's been one of the best off season additions for any team I'd wager in baseball this year. So there's still reason to, and then you Darvish, who's been awesome, even if his spin rates uh, fell by a, a concerning amount uh, in the other day, <laughs> in his last start. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the weird part about them is you would think, you know, trading for pitcher, they don't necessarily need that. I think they might try and get a reliever uh especially since drew pomeranz is still apparently weeks away from even beginning a rehab assignment and based on just seeing baseball's injuries this year and all these guys that have suffered setbacks you know whether it be carlos carrasco whether it be noah Syndergaard, and i think it was uh, there was one more the other severino day. severino well. luis severino yeah. of the yankees like you know i would i wouldn't mind just getting some some backup there in the bullpen even if it has been good so we'll have to see i imagine they'll be shopping for hitters but the question is where do you fit them, right? Like you've got Jake, right. you've got Tatis, you've got May Machado. Unfortunately, Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, guys like that is not too much leg room. And Tommy Pham, who everybody wanted to DFA after the first month of the season, all of a sudden one of the best, most productive at-bats um, in the lineup right now. So it's hard to say exactly where they're going, but I'd be a little surprised if they didn't do anything. Maybe not some Max Scherzer quality move, but at least do something to bolster that lineup a little bit. I understand that. I, I look at the Padres overall, and I think that they are one of the definitely one of the top three or four most talented rosters in the National League. So that doesn't surprise me a ton that you know they're not really looking for a huge upgrade. Maybe like I always, I mean, shout out to the movie Moneyball. I always think of like Ricardo Rincon or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. they're just looking for a lefty that they can throw in there for three batters and mm-hmm. and get a couple outs. Mm-hmm. So. uh but that's all right. That's all right. Give it. Give us a shout out on the social for social on the social for this series, so that uh, Reds fans can give you a follow. Absolutely, man. Uh, you can follow the Padres podcast on at. Wow, hold on. You can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at lo underscore Padres. All sorts of memes on there, like tweeting from there. I've been ramping it up a little bit, trying to get the content going. And then you got the memes and dreams on my personal account, which is at Javapeno. That's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I often don't tweet about baseball. Often, as you might uh, be familiar, it's a lot of weird stuff in between, whether it be video games, anime, or what have you. But uh, lately, I've been doing it more because my followers like that, and I like racking up the engagement. So I've been trying to do some baseball tweets. Uh, but follow me on there if you'd like. I do all sorts of writing at different places. Got this new site launching, justbaseball.com. Go type it up. Nice. June 22nd, um, Arm Layton of Locked On Marlins is the editor-in-chief, uh, co-founder, whatever you want to say, uh, for that. It's going to be really, really good. I've got a bunch of pieces coming out next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, um, just just stay just stay, stay healthy, my Cincinnati uh, folks out there that are listening. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. Also, too, uh, little known to any Reds fans for sure, but uh, Javi writes some movie stuff, too. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Every now and then, I write a little bit about the, the games and the movies, the Anna and the Apocalypses, my uh, pinned tweet <laughs> right now, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I look forward to that stuff if you guys, if that's your thing. I know this is a baseball podcast, but just in case that's your thing. Eh, everybody's got different things. That, that, that works. Well, Javi, man, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, coming on and doing some, doing a crossover. I love doing crossovers, man. These yeah, are awesome. they're awesome. Absolutely, man. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.